Hello, everybody, and welcome to Are You Screening Live, the uh, live version of the Are You Screening podcast. I am your host, areyouscreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and uh, hopefully we will get our co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard in here in just a second. Uh, looks like we're having some trouble. Actually, uh, we're being invaded. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but there's a plane right overhead. <laughs> Uh, just one second while we get Shane on to the show. It doesn't look like that's working. Uh, this, this week we're going to be doing Sonic the Hedgehog and, uh, the Jesus rolls. Oh, wait, now he's in differently. That's interesting. Shane, are you there? Hey. Hey. Guys, uh, it, we're almost there. We'll get it. <laughs> yeah, it's Just, you're yeah. you're you're on the show in one version that's not actually here, and then another version had to come in. So yeah. Sorry whatever. Uh, all right. So this week we're doing uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and the Jesus rolls. Yeah. And uh, which I don't even know if uh, the Jesus rolls is, I think, unfortunately, uh, not getting uh, the marketing push or any kind of attention. It's a it's a very small film anyway, yeah. uh, but it has a lot of names in it and it is kind of a spinoff of the Big Lebowski. So you would think under normal circumstances, people would be talking about that a lot more even if uh, nobody is going out of their way to say it's great or anything still it's uh, it, you've got to have some instant audience there just because it's uh, it's you know got that connection and it's building off a character from the movie in a strange way it starts out and doesn't really mention anything about where we are in terms of the big yeah. Lebowski right. uh, but like you know is this all prequel is this? sequel is it where are we in time you don't you don't exactly know i mean he's basically right. uh he could easily be the exact same age this could be like a week before or you know who, kno <laughs> right. who knows right um but still it is uh it's the same character and uh you know you've got a lot of cool people in it but i don't feel like people are talking about it and i mean that's a weird thing uh it's I won't jump into the review of that right away, but it's, uh, I mean, it's pretty good <laughs> at the very, at the very least it's, you know, it's not anything that's going to take over the world, but it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but, but, uh, before we get to either of the two movies, I wanted to talk a bit about some television because Right now, that is actually a lot bigger deal. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. Movies being what they are at the moment. Um, but I will mention uh, later today, I'm going to put up a uh, contest giveaway on the site. And uh, I'm going to be giving away a copy of The Invisible Man. Nice. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what? I'm not, you know. I'm securing the, I'm, I'm doing what everyone who works from home is. I'm securing the home office from distractions. And then suddenly there's just distractions. So. Ah, cool. Sorry. Uh, so the invisible man giveaway will have up um, later today. Uh, one of the, you know, 
limited selection of films that you can get, even if you wanted to pay for them, which uh, (laughs) Sonic is uh, kind of in the same weird boat. Um, But uh, movies are coming out now, like uh, the the weird thing with what they're doing and everybody's doing their own thing. But, you know, the new Scooby-Doo movie, Scoob, you know, just came out. Uh, I have only seen parts of it so far. Uh, oh, okay. But it, but it's you know doing the straight to home release or whatever. But yeah. it's got uh, wherever you can get it, you can get it on all sorts of streaming places. You can uh, buy or rent it or whatever. But it is doing like rent it for twenty dollars or just buy it for twenty five dollars. So like some of the earlier ones, it was just like you know watch this for twenty dollars, and that's the only option right you can't just yeah. keep it forever so i mean every time something else comes out they're like mixing things up like how is it going to come out is it uh rent it for this much but now scoob you can buy so uh, i mean on the one hand it's a little strange on the other hand it's like i don't know if you're gonna pay 20 who's gonna right. not kick in the extra five just to have it forever right I right mean, yeah uh but uh, you know, the big, the thing people are actually talking about, it's weird how these movies are coming out and then they're obviously getting reviewed and stuff, but people aren't really talking about them. People are talking about TV yeah. a lot, a lot yeah. more because uh, there are a bunch of things releasing and, and all that. And there's lots of new stuff. And I, I don't know, I, I fear for movies at this point. <laughs> Isn't it weird how, remember like a few years ago where movies were just like so dominant and then there were a lot of TV shows that seemed to be taking like a movie structure and just kicking butt with it for so long and then movies kind of felt like, okay, we got to amp up our game a bit. It didn't feel like they were ever taking their title back. It feels like TV has been dominant for a long time, but it felt kind of closer. And now because nobody can go to the movies, it feels right. absolutely like somebody has fallen during the last leg of you know a run, and we're just like sprinting past them with TV. It's really weird. It it, it does, especially in the way in which things are being marketed. But like yeah. I said, even beyond the marketing, just the things people are talking about. You know, like uh, Artemis Fowl is now going to be on Disney Plus, and pretty much everyone goes. Okay, hooray! Yeah, like right. there's no, there's no cool. like uh, yeah there there's no uh, you know the internet is not a buzz with movies that are about <laughs> to come out like yeah nobody nobody seems to care it's it's really a bonkers yeah. thing and then people watch them and like whatever the movies are uh, you know that are available right now there's there's a bunch that are on the you know rent to theater or whatever you know, we call that, but you know, it's like people watch it and then they watch it and go, okay, I watched that. They don't go online and talk about it. They're not, you know, when you, when people go to the theaters, then they talk about it. I mean, like there's the big new movie coming out. I don't know. Anyway, uh, enough of, (laughs) enough of us babbling about movies, uh, dying every week (laughs) Right, right. it's, uh, I, I will be interested to see like when, really big things come out if there is any more push to it because you know they're talking about uh theaters opening uh before that long and having having like this half capacity or whatever Mm -hmm. and you know you have to sit in between people or whatever 
But when people finally do that, are they going to do it and then go, eh, okay, I watched it? Or are people right. going to start talking about it again? Or, you know, yeah. are, I don't know, it's weird. Um, well, you know what? So, okay, wait, before you jump real no, quick, go ahead. The, thing, the thing is, is as long as there's a movie that's like really powerful, you know, I don't think if you drop something with all due respect to a film I haven't seen, so I'm not going to really judge it yet. But if you drop school, if everything opens up and all the theaters are like, okay, we're going to bring you guys all back for Scoob. And then everyone's yeah. like, yeah, I'm not up for school, you know? Right. And you're like, but it's Scoob, you know? I mean, yeah. this thing, I got to tell you, it's, it's interesting. We've talked over the, you know, over the decade of doing, you know, talking about films back and forth with all the different things that Hollywood does right and wrong. Every once in a while, there's a weird stumbling block that they make that just seems so obvious. I get that this is a very risky time to put a bet down on the table. But I feel like if somebody was just like, you know what, to hell with this. We're going to give you the new James Bond film. It's going to be 16 bucks, 20 to own it, and it's coming out this Friday. And if they were the first people that did it and the movie was really solid, I think that might do something. I don't know what it would do. Like, I'm not saying that it's like trolls or anything, like killing it and then causing theaters to boycott things. I don't right. mean that. But I just think somebody has to have the nerve to put something out that isn't Ski Patrol 4. You know, you right. got to put something out that people want to see and we should have seen by now because it's getting close to the point where, like, if the Bond film had come out in March, you know, there's usually like a 90-day delay before the first Blu-ray comes out. You know, we're getting right. pretty close to what the Blu-ray release would have been. So yeah. give us give us the friggin' movie. Or do it on something you know someone's going to watch. Like put Top Gun's sequel out. Put Maverick out. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know that they have the guts to try it because there hasn't been anything. I guess what I'm trying to say is they won't do it because no one has done it. You know, Trolls right. isn't the litmus test to try it on. But if they did, man, that could be the spark that just starts kicking in things. Even though... I, like you, I, I want to go back to the movies and I, I'm still planning on it as long as they'll let me in. But right. I just don't know. I, I think the I think the slow release of things that they've pushed back months is not going to help their facilitating what they want to see. So, yeah. And, you know, we've already talked about this, but uh, I mean, like I said before, the longer this goes on, the weirder it's going to be and the harder it's going to be to figure out uh you know, all these big movies are getting pushed back to like late October, November, December uh, yeah. movies, movies that were going to either have already come out or are going to come out like in the next few weeks or the next month or two. Yeah. Uh, so many of them are getting pushed back to like December or November or something right. that, you know, by the time we get to November, like you are working off of information that you don't don't have, you know, you don't yeah. know what's going to happen in November. By the time it gets to November, people might go, eh, I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't yeah, really care. Whatever. I don't really care about movie theaters anymore. I I, there's all, there's all these other movies that are, you know, whatever. I mean, plus right. even if people go out, you still got to figure that, for most people, you know, now there's like 30 movies come out in December. People are not going to go to 10 <laughs> movies in December just because you open up, right? That's a, that's a people, great point, yeah. Pe people don't do that, mostly. And maybe, 
now theaters yeah. are open. Maybe people will go to a couple of things because, yeah. you know, whatever. But people just aren't. I mean, now you have to do it all in one month. You're talking about like real money. Like, yeah, right. who, ha- who has the money to go to the movies every other day for a month? I mean, you can't just have you can't have everything come out. Like, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to no, be that's. That's actually that's actually a super good point too. I I guess I hadn't fully thought it all the way through, but like okay, so just assume six blockbusters that should have been at the start of the summer now open around Christmas, and they're all like kind of either contractually obligated or you just know that typically they'd run in three of your six films, you know, three of your six theaters or four of your ten. Like, oh my right. God, so you're only going to have two movies and they're going to be running in five theaters, even though there's right. 20 films to choose. Like, how do you manage that? That's like, that's like successfully juggling and then having someone just start throwing dishes and knives into your like routine. You're like, I, I can't do this. I can't keep up. Yeah. Oh man. And you know, just there's so much money that's made at the box office, right? But all yeah. of that money that's made at the box office is you know, people who are not going to go to another movie for three months. And this is the one, uh, this is the one they want to see. And then next week will be like the other people or, (laughs) you know, whatever, like you got, it's all, it's like spread out, but you don't have people, you know, going to like 20 or 30 movies a year or, or more. And now we've got 20 or 30 movies all in one month and not spread out. I don't know. It's uh, that alone means they should be releasing them on demand. You know, if if your right. average moviegoer sees not 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 at home, they rewatch stuff. But if your average moviegoer goes to the film, uh, goes to the theater four to seven times, you know, how are you ever going to have Maverick recoup any money? You're not because yeah. somebody's going to choose to see some other thing instead. And there and now the idea is, well, we'll just wait till it's on Netflix or right, right. whatever we whatever we get. But at that point, you're right; they, they've actually kind of like shot themselves in the foot over it. That's that's really weird. It's going to be interesting to watch unfold. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't, it just feels like movies are just like everything else. You know, it just gets crazier every week that goes by. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so jumping into some TV though, um, I do want to talk about some shows and I do want to say, uh, who, who, for anyone who's listening, Man, is it like the time to jump on some streaming service or another or or maybe even a few. And if you haven't yet, if you're not on, you know, really searching out different streaming services, and I don't just mean Netflix, but like lots of them, uh, like, I, I mean, I'm not you know, getting reimbursed for this, but you know, they've, (laughs) they've they've all got like free trials of like 30 days where they usually only have seven days. And you know, man, there, there are a lot of them that are worth checking out. Um, so among like good things that are not necessarily all on streaming services. Um, so the great came out recently, which is, uh, by the writer of the favorite, which is right. uh, which is the movie that I picked as the best of the decade. You can see my best of the decade list up, um, and it feels very similar, right? It's a different history that we're looking at, but it really feels like we. It's just a long movie, you know. It's just one really <laughs> long. It's one really long movie. It's like. Uh, that's not even rare anymore, right? It's a series and it's, you know, like 10 episodes, but really yeah. it's just like a yeah. super long movie. There's 
there's nothing episodic, you know, going on where these are really episodes exactly. I mean, just like a lot of things now. Um, but it it's really good. And uh, everybody in it is really good. And uh, the writing is awesome. So nice. Uh, that one's on Hulu. So check that out. Uh, also just came out is uh, Snowpiercer on uh, TNT. Yeah, which Man, that's been with, getting pushed. Uh, I've seen I've seen yeah. ads for that everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a really big deal, especially for something that's going to be on uh, TNT. You know, it's a it's a big production. It's yeah. got uh, it's got some big ish names. I mean, it's it's got people. It it was yeah. an expense. It's an expensive effort for TNT, so they're going to push it like crazy. Yeah. Um, but it is it's really good. But it's also very strange because uh, if you're, you know, if you happen to be a fan of the movie, right, it's a it's a very different story. And it's also kind of like uh, just a really long movie. Right. It's not. Yeah. It's not like we're going to have eight seasons of watch the people <laughs> on the doom train. Right. right. Um, but in the movie, the movie is a lot uh, more similar to the actual source material, right? It still deviates a lot, but it, the idea is just the people in the back of the train and they're going to try and start a civil war and get out from being the weird slave labor in the back, whatever kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of that story of getting out of the tail of the train and what happens and everything. And this one, uh, we've, we've got that basic idea going, but it's also like a murder mystery is how we get into things. Right. Somebody yeah. in the front, somebody in the front of the train got murdered. Somebody in the back of the train is the only person who, you know, was like a detective, like was a police detective. Yeah. Um, so he can investigate things or who knows. Uh, there's all the rich spoiled people in the front. And they don't know anything about finding anything out, right? So right, right. <laughs> they, they can't they can't investigate the crime and see who's getting murdered. And uh, and it turns out basically that somebody got murdered a while ago, and we sort of tried to do the best we could and figure something out. And we have someone we blamed for it, and we thought we were okay. Now somebody else has gotten murdered. And so now they go get the guy out of the back, right? And he right. is, uh, so you get to see a lot more of the actual, you know, kind of workings of the train, the different class systems and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, as opposed to just, you know, we see these different parts of the train as we pass by because we're trying to take it over. We actually like walk around in the different levels of society and stuff. And it goes on for a long time. Other, you know, as opposed to just one movie, you can only get so much in. So, so much. Yeah. Uh, and it's got uh, Jennifer Connelly is in it. And she is like the uh, she's like the voice of the train. She's like the, you know, most in charge person. And. And also, it uh, it has time since it's a series, right? So you can see a lot of other, I don't know, things going on with like the elites on the train, right? As opposed right. to just kind of looking, as opposed to just looking at them real fast and going, <laughs> they're the useless elites. Right. We actually kind of get to see them, and it's kind of, uh, you know, 
part of it is like kind of tongue in cheek humor, even as we're sort of, you know, we're obviously, we're obviously making fun of like the class system anyway. Right. But, uh, but in this one, it, you know, they have time to really look at that a little more like the people who are in the very front of the train, they're like the elites um, because they contributed tons of money to the guy who owns the train, who made the train, who's, you know, super in charge, right? They, they gave lots of money to make the train, right? But what does that mean now? Now it's like seven years later and you don't have any money and (laughs) you don't, (laughs) you don't do anything. Like what does that actually mean in the world we're in now? And it turns out maybe nothing. Right. And (laughs) yeah. And like, and like in the, uh, in the movie, it was kind of like you can enforce your system until the bullets run out. Right. That's like a big thing of the movie is that we, we suspect that maybe the guns don't actually have any bullets anymore. In this one, it's it it's more like, uh, can you hold the system, you yeah. know, forever? Whether you have bullets or not, eventually people start saying you don't do anything, and why am I listening to you? And you know, I don't know. And, and like you've got you've got like your guards, right? Who kind of start questioning what exactly they're guarding, and. All right, so it's uh, it's really good. I've only seen like three or four episodes. Uh, I don't even remember. I think it's three, and uh, but it's it's really good. It's interesting that they, you know, it's a story that's kind of all about the setting and the structure. But then now we throw in that we have to be investigating people and finding out what's really going on with lots of parts of the train. Who knows, right? And yeah, and uh, it's it's interesting, and it kind of shifts what it's doing every once in a while, and. So, so that's a really good show too. Um, and then uh, I just want to mention quickly that uh, Star Girl is on tonight on the CW. Right. Yeah. And uh, for all that I am not interested in any <laughs> comic book show that's on the CW, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I liked. Uh, like I liked the flash for like a season. I liked uh, arrow for like a season. Yeah. Uh, Bat girl was okay for a little while. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They all, see, they all seem like they've got this great idea and they just kind of, you know, they have to keep going. They're like, uh, they're like the uh, new band, right. That has a great first album, but that's yeah. because that's because you know, they took years and years to make those songs. Now all of a sudden they've got six months to have another album. That's just, that's kind of how I feel with a lot of those shows. They go on long enough and they're like, uh, I don't know, this happened and they're not, <laughs> they're not as good anyway. Um, so I don't really love any of those shows, but this one actually looks pretty interesting. Um, it's a little bit more, uh, I don't know. It looked a little bit more like it's not super dark and gritty, right? But it looked more like when right. Dare when like Daredevil started, and First, uh, yeah. it, and it, it was on Netflix. You know that yeah. uh, that that show was really good when it started, and it was yeah. you know trying to be all dark and creepy and weird. Yeah. And this yeah. this one clearly does not do that. But uh, I don't know. But that one looks interesting. And another one that's really cool is on Acorn. Um, Acorn TV, which is uh, mostly a lot of British stuff, um, but this one's an original to Acorn TV, and it's called Dead Still. 
Mm-hmm. And and it is if you if you're a fan of British TV, which you're not, but <laughs> it's, right. uh, yeah. it is a really weird fun show it's so it's like a period show and it's set in like 1880 in uh dublin and and the guy who's the main focus of the show is a photographer so see you'll be interested right i like that um and uh it is he is like europe's like foremost uh dead still picture taker when it when it used to be a thing that you would take a picture of like your dead family members, like yeah, their, right. their, their dead bodies. And you yeah. would like sit them up and pose them and either, either just by themselves or even like with the family there, like sort yeah. of taking a portrait with the dead body and stuff. Yeah. So he, so he is, and, and when we come into the show, like he has been for a longer, a long time, he's like an older guy. So at one point he was like, uh, he was like a huge, huge name in the world of photography. Right. And he kind of got onto this gig because it paid really well. Right. And so then he, he became like the guy, but now he's like getting a little older. Right. And, uh, he's not keeping up with, you know, every new advance in photography. Right. Plus, Plus the, the industry itself that, he's in is kind of waning a little bit because uh, cameras are getting more popular and cheaper. Right. Yeah. So, so he's kind of like at the tail end of this, trying to figure out something else to do. And uh, then, so like, meanwhile, right. (laughs) There's a, uh, there's a murderer who is apparently trying to uh, he's, he's like taking pictures of killing people. Right. And, and then to sell them, right. Because any sort of illicit photography is like a thing. I don't know, but there's like a detective who both wants the main guy to start doing photography of crime scenes. He's like trying to invent that uh, way of doing things. Right. But also uh, these murders keep turning up that are, you know, the bodies are superposed posed into like weird positions and then killed and whatever. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> um, but it's uh, so it's a, re- it's really dark and it's really weird and, but it's kind of like black comedy too. Right. Yeah. Um, but so you get like this whole mix of the people who are weird that are his normal clients, but they're kind of weird people because they want to do this. <laughs> and, right. And it turns out that people who want to do it are a little weird. And then also like this murder thing kind of going on in the background. Anyway, it's a really, really cool show. Um, and it's, it's really slow, right? But it's funny it and, cool. and creepy and weird. And yeah. um, and that's it for shows, except I did want to just mention, and you know, again, I don't get paid for this, but HBO Max is coming very soon. And uh, they have a, a deal that if you sign up before it actually happens, it's cheaper. And uh, Max. and uh, ah. there's a, there's a there's a lot of good stuff coming on it, and uh, especially a lot of TV shows that you can't get anymore from all these other places because uh, yeah. HBO HBO either has the rights or has been buying into these contracts. Like you know, Friends will be there because Friends left Netflix and yada yada. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but also they're they're doing uh you know they're doing a bunch of their own originals that are only going to be on HBO Max and uh, uh some of them actually look really cool so yeah. anyway that's but that's on like the uh I want to say like 27th or 28th so that's coming right up isn't HBO like don't they have four services now HBO HBO Go HBO I don't know slow HBO Go <laughs> HBO Max, HBO Minimum. Like, I, and the thing is, is I don't understand. If you pay for one, you don't get what's on the others. You don't get HBO everything. They're all separate okay. things. Okay, so they're not. Only they're HBO not? Okay. Only HBO Max is the thing that's different, okay? okay. So uh, there's HBO Go. HBO Go is where you can stream stuff. And as long as you're already paying for HBO like yeah. if you have it through your cable service or whatever, then you can get on HBO go and watch the shows whenever you want and stuff. Um, okay. If you, if you're not already paying for it, then, you know, then you have to pay for HBO go separately. Um, it, but if you get HBO max, that will also include HBO go. And so, oh my God. so, I mean, it's, it's very complicated, but you could, can't, you could cancel HBO HBO right on your yeah. cable service. Just get HBO Max, and you would still get you'd everything. Still get it. Right? Okay. Yeah, you'd still get all of the normal HBO stuff. It's just that uh, you know, as opposed to things being on at a certain time because they're on your cable network, right? You just stream right. them whenever, and you know, yeah, whatever. I get it. Anyway, it's just uh, so many. There's too many. It's like a flow chart. I don't. I mean, I get it. <laughs> It is. All right. That's enough uh, ad for HBO. Okay. So uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Now we have to uh, actually review movies. So uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, which is, um, I think now it's out on DVD uh, on Blu-ray. Either either it's out already or it comes out like in the next day or two or something. Um, I think it might've like just come out. Yeah. Uh, but, but it was on the, you know, pay for theater, whatever, you know, we call that thing where you could do that, but, <laughs> but now it's going to be uh, on the Blu-ray and I will tell you the Blu-ray actually has some cool stuff. So, <laughs> uh, and it's weird because I don't feel like I get to say that that much anymore because, uh, the special yeah. fe- the special features on Blu-ray are really hit or miss these days, uh, especially like for the last couple years. Uh, you'd get uh, some really good release would have a bunch of special features, and it would be worth it. You know, whatever the special features would actually be a, a added incentive to buy it. Yeah, like they used to be years ago, right? Like you'd have all kinds of commentary tracks and featurettes and they would actually be cool. And I would say these days about 80% of releases, they have special features, but they aren't really that interesting, right? Yeah. I I mean, they, they have some deleted scenes and they have some, you know, bonus materials, but mostly they suck. Uh, they're not, you, (laughs) you, you might, you might watch them once, but you know, you you probably skip a lot of them. Some of the featurettes are not that interesting. You know, if you happen to be really invested in like costuming or something, then hooray, you got something, (laughs) but you know, like, uh, 
not that long ago. I mean, Blu-rays aren't that old, right? Or (laughs) on DVDs, you had some trouble with being able to fit stuff, right? And so, I don't know. It was you'd have to get like the double disc set or you know whatever and have all the special features. Um. But anyway, uh, recently there haven't been that many that were interesting. And this one, uh, even if you don't love the movie, uh, some of the special features are really cool. The commentary track is actually really cool. The commentary track is uh, the director and uh, the guy who's the voice of Sonic uh, are doing a commentary track, and it's pretty cool. And uh, there's like a lot, there's like bloop there's like bloopery ish stuff right and it's jim carrey so uh, right you're gonna get that that, that's that's kind of worth watching and uh you know there's other stuff that's involved in the making of it which is kind of cool to watch at least but but there's like a you know decent amount of them too Uh, a lot of releases you know you might get like one or two things I i don't know what the deal is with that at this point but that's my own personal experience is that I don't know, special features are not that interesting anymore, but anyway, so, yeah. uh, so Sonic the, Hed- Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much all you need to know, right? <laughs> for, <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. For the, yeah. the plot of the movie is, uh, you know, if you see any amount of the movie, Sonic the Hedgehog is like in the real world, and Jim Carrey is Dr. Robotnik and chasing him. And he has lots of robots and drones and blow stuff up and whatever. Right. Um, and I mean, that's, that's pretty much the plot, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I first heard this movie was coming out, it was just a big eye roll, right? It's. Yeah. Like why, why is this coming out now? Who cares? Right? Like this is, this is 10 years ago should have came out or something. Um, And I just don't, I don't know that there's been like some kind of resurgence in popularity of Sonic that I don't know about or whatever. Like, why are we having this movie? (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and I figured that, the movie was, you know, it felt like when they make Spider-Man again, right? Like it's, right. you have to make a movie or you lose the rights to it or something <laughs> like yeah. it just had that kind of feel to it. But, but in the end, right, this was actually not that bad. I didn't think, um, I, I was kind of surprised that, you know, it's, it's clearly like more for kids than, you know, most things that come like if a Pixar movie comes out, right. You don't want to have to say that it's really only for younger people. Right. The theory is that it's supposed to have something for everyone. And I don't know that this has something for everyone. Uh, (laughs) I don't know that there's, uh, (laughs) you know, if some adult person is like, yeah, I'm watching frozen again, like by themselves. Right. (laughs) Don't judge me. All right. I'm sorry. I would uh, no. I'm saying I would not say. Yeah. Oh, well, you're weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, if, but if somebody's watch, if somebody's watching this movie again, and there aren't kids around, right? Yeah. Then, then that I would be like, what? They're like, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but that is not like you know the kiss of death for me, right? That doesn't mean the movie is yeah. necessarily awful. Like movies could be just for kids. That's 
could be a thing, right? There's, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, and I think a lot of people who have reviewed this movie, so that I've seen, do right. They do they're have like, problems with that, like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, they're like, uh, if you're over thirteen, there isn't much here for you, and so you lose like at least four stars, right? <laughs> like right, just, sure. like just based on that alone. Um, but I thought it was actually pretty fun and it's yeah. a really goofy movie. Right. And why not? Right. Um, but it is, I don't know. It felt like we were in some legitimate sense, uh, trying to be like cartoony without being a cartoon, right. Without being right. animated, but there's like a cartoon quality to it. And, I, you know, like if that can't work, then you're just saying like cartoons are bad, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. it's, uh, I, I don't know. It was kind of like, it felt to me kind of like throwback in a way, right? Like we were trying to go back to like some like 70s, 80s, Saturday morning cartoons, but we're just making a movie, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like this movie literally was sitting on a shelf for like 30 years. And then they said, no, let's make it anyway, right? Like, oh, we got yeah, break in case of pandemic. Okay, let it out, you know. <laughs> right, right. Um, so it, overall, anyway, uh, my score on this one is seven. It it felt really uh-huh. seven to me. And uh, uh-huh. it's it doesn't have the, the worst thing about the movie uh, for me is that it doesn't really have anything that can like quite hook you into it right it doesn't even have a theory of being a movie that people are going to want to watch over and over again you know it's it doesn't have like the hook there's not enough connection with sonic or anything about him yeah um, and if if your theory is that you're disposable <laughs> that is right. kind of a problem you can only get so high a score but yeah. uh, for younger audiences, I thought, you know, it's fun. It's serviceable. It's like good enough. Kids will have fun with it, I think. And there are parts, yeah. that, are, there are parts that are funny and I don't know. So anyway, that's my score. <clears throat> From a review side, you know, I've got a number. From an experience side, I've got a different number. And it, it's kind of strange because they're both a bit surprising. When, when we were going to do Sonic, I thought, wow, this, you know, this hour and a half is going to suck because I remember all the kerfuffle that came from when the original draft of Sonic came out and everybody hated the way Sonic looked. And that's one of the reasons why the film got slowed down. They had to go back in and like digitally make Sonic look more cartoonish because he was just kind of too, too real looking, you know, and people just didn't, they didn't vibe for that. And, and I was, I was nervous about that. Usually when something like that happens, you're like, okay, E.T. isn't coming out on time because nobody liked the alien. And you're like, Jesus, this is like a major part of the film. You can't not do this right, but this is a bad sign. Because it's such a building block. If you get this wrong in the beginning, what were you doing all the time? So my thought on this originally was like, okay, this is going to be like, you know, some Mario Brothers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle kind of film. Video game to film is almost always just like dumb. And... I, I can't say that this is like the Gangs of New York, which is a bad one because you, you don't like the Gangs of New York. But this isn't like extraordinary. But I'll be damned, man. I had such a blast watching this. 
because yeah. maybe my expectations were low, but it also is, it is the kind of film that I should see with a kid, you know, normally. And it's the kind of perfect movie that you pick for somebody who is waiting in an airplane or, you know, driving from, you know, your house to seven hours away. Like this is one of those films that eats up the time, keeps the kids occupied. But like what you said earlier, it's not Pixar. I'll go to a Pixar film with no kids, even if you and right. I aren't doing it for the show, because it's often for me too. And and this is clearly for a juvenile audience. And it it understands that there are moments, there are elastic moments where the human cast and and Sonic himself, they they make some very adult references, but not in the way that like Shrek did. You know, it's not right, like right. adults snicker and kids don't get it. But it's very interesting how accessible, and I guess if I gave this any accolade, I would say it's very accessible. Now, I don't think if you're looking to go see, you know, Saving Private Ryan, that this is going to satisfy, you know, that urge. It isn't. But for what it is and what it does, I, I, I finally found out, like, I'm like, all right, I'm at six and a half. But what I felt, and in, a, in a strange way, what I felt was like eight, even though it's not great like an eight is, it just was so earnest and fun. Right, right. And, and normally this is, this is kind of how you, this is kind of like how, when I describe the degree of difficulty in a film, this is almost what I mean. It, it didn't pander. It just accepted its audience and it knew that it was going to be juvenile. So it didn't, it didn't constrain itself with appeasing me as an adult guy who's a critic if right. it did it wouldn't have made the stupidest decisions like I, I mean i'm watching this and there was a nanosecond where jim carrey as dr robotnik is trying to go into um james marsden's house for for examination to see if sonic is around and marsden is like a sheriff and he just like barges past marsden and i'm like okay there's there's no way this doesn't end with like somebody getting arrested and the crap kicked out of him but i'm like but that's not this movie this is like pete's dragon not you know not like carlito's way and the moment <laughs> i remembered that in a nanosecond i'm like just have fun with it eat your popcorn and right. sonic is engaging and fun it moves briskly it's got enough fun stuff from jim carrey though it's interesting. Interesting about him. I I saw a thing that mentioned that there was a lot of leeway, as you often do with his contract, I guess. You're like, look, we got a script, but you can just riff. You do whatever you want. You know, and I think that both frees him and absolutely limits him. Because if anybody has never seen Jim Carrey's movies before now, I saw several incarnations of his old characters. There are times where he's doing Ace Ventura just with a mustache, right, you know, right. and, and there are these things that he does where I'm like, this is kind of interesting. I wonder if we're now starting to see the repetitiveness of what he's capable of, but also maybe freeing him with do whatever you want improvisational direction kind of limits him too. But I, I mean, I, I'm watching the film, dude, and I actually laughed out loud at a couple things. There's this moment where he's about to take on Sonic and he's explaining all this stuff. They're on this rooftop and he just in the middle of his statement, he goes, time to push buttons. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's right. like a hilarious line. Like he's just right. literally channeling the id of the stupidity of what these films are doing. And he's saying it out loud. 
And I'll be damned if it just doesn't work. Like, it's strange how much this film, which should be panned in many ways, but accepted for the juvenile, you know, the juvenile audience. It just, it's fun, man. It's just, I don't know that I could sit down and watch it again, especially after you just condemned anybody for just sitting down to watch it again. But (laughs) sitting down to watch it the first time yielded so much more fun for me in a way that I just wasn't expecting. And and that's what I mean when I'm like, I had like an eight experience, even though the limitations of the film only can bring it to like almost seven. So, right. but it, and, it was a and, great surprise. And it is like, you know, you said uh, several times that it's like juvenile. And I said it, you know, it is only really for like a younger audience. It's like, it's juvenile in that sense, but yeah. it's, it's not really juvenile in the no. sense that, you know, all of the humor is really stupid. It's like talking right. down to the people watching it. It's not like that at all. It's really, um, yeah. it is just younger, right? It's not. Yeah, ju- that's exactly it, what I mean. It, it's, yeah. it's not juvenile in like a negative sense. And you would right. expect it to be kind of, right? Um, yes. But, but it's not. And the, and the thing that I think is uh, really good about it too is, you know, we've talked several times uh, in the past about movies that are just like perfectly seven, right? Like you, right. you you get out of the movie and you're like, that's exactly seven, right? And and this one, you know, it's almost so seven that it's eight. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you said, I, like you were, you're leaning towards eight, but it, it, you know, it is what it is and it's okay with being that. And it, it uh, and, and Jim Carrey is, odd in the movie in a way like he is really good at times and like you said uh maybe there's a little bit too much with uh he gets to just do what he wants right but maybe at some point like he does what he wants and somebody says hey you got anything else right Right. (laughs) you know because like there are times in the movie where it's just kind of you know and he he is i think especially in like the first half of the movie right i feel like he is so kind of locked into wanting to twirl his mustache yeah that that there are actually better choices that we could have had right instead of (laughs) instead of like what is the most black hat thing i can say right now you know so yeah he doesn't Uh, but but when he's good he's really good no, when he's when he is good, he's really good in it. He's like surprisingly good in it. Uh, yeah, when he's, he's on. He's he's not quite scene stealing everything, but he's on the verge of scene stealing everything. And then when you start to lower your guard, he steals the scene. Like it's at the it's like at the end right. of the very beginning, he owns it. I I would say I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off or talk over you. I, it, we're still getting used to the pattern of the of the you know social distancing stuff. But I will say two <laughs> last things. It it definitely owes itself. And again, the audience that sees this probably won't have seen the movie that it really kind of reminded me of in some ways. The fight scenes are really thoughtful and interesting, but it owes a great debt to the X-Men movies because when Quicksilver is running and moving and pulling everything, if Sonic had that first and this movie had just been shelved, they should be, you know, enraged that this right. genius idea got ripped. If if any of the audience has ever seen Days of Future Past, they'll recognize the fight scenes. It, it's still, despite being repetitive, it's still enjoyable, but it is absolutely like too bad that they didn't innovate this. And the other thing I would say real quick is it, it's not comparable to the effect of how great the movie I'm about to compare it to 
would be, but it reminded me a lot of Roger Rabbit's films. Like this is absolutely like the way, though Roger Rabbit was working on many cylinders and was overall just a stronger, better, you know, tighter picture. This has kind of got like a strange Roger Rabbit feel where very quickly human beings realize, wow, there's some cartoons living in my world. Okay, let's go on a road trip. You know, and there's no thought whatsoever to the consequences of just taking a cartoon on the road while harpoons and drones are going after you. You know, it's just like, well, you know, hope an anvil doesn't land on my head. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, right, but that right. works. And in that small window, like it kind of reminded me of living in Toontown for a bit, which I enjoyed. Right. It's not even a criticism. So. No. Yeah. And for me, that was uh, actually a, a big detraction. I, I would have probably given this an eight if we didn't have the Quicksilver part. If, yes. if they would they would have never done that because for me, uh, I mean, you know, it's like cutesy, right. To do that. Yeah. And you're like, Ooh, look at that. That's like a thing. And I don't know, we have the special effects budget or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and it's kind of, it's cute when he's doing it and he does silly things sometimes, even though he's in a fight. And so that's even cuter. Right. Right. But for me, that whole the whole idea that we bring that in at all kind of ruins the movie because yeah. um, because then you really have to just completely stop paying attention, right, to anything yeah. else that to anything else that ever happens because everything in the movie that happens after that, then you go, why doesn't he just super speed and yeah. you know whatever? Right. Once he's fast enough that he slows time like that and the whole Quicksilver deal, right. then every fight that happens after that, you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, 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 but what about, this. right. Yeah, and I, I, I thought that was really a, you know, that was a choice that you make more like, I feel like I could do a cutesy thing and then, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then maybe yeah. everyone will that I did it so I don't know that kind of that pulled it away from me um, yeah still surprisingly fun like I actually strangely would recommend this film especially to people that have kids I'm not going to yeah. recommend it to like you know anybody but I, you know if you got a kid I'm like hey I bet they'd really like Sonic yeah yeah uh, I definitely would too it's uh, you know it's it's weirdly it, it's such a surprise and it may just be yeah. my lack of you know thinking it was going to be good playing <laughs> playing a lot of part in that but yeah. still it, it was fun and uh i don't know i think most kids really would like it although yeah. i feel like i feel like most kids who go watch this barely know who sonic is right that's <laughs> you said this well at the beginning you said this maybe maybe there's like a weird sonic like resurgence that i'm unaware of like it's not the yeah. reconnaissance maybe in this weird way everybody's playing sonic again and i'm just like too old to know But it did feel like a very strange time to release this movie. You know, it would be it would be as if, you know, Centipede had a movie that came out. And I'm like, really, you're only 40 years too late. Like, what are you doing? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, All right. So we don't have that long left and uh, we should do the Jesus rolls. So. um, So the Jesus rolls is, like I said at the beginning, it's kind of a spinoff somehow of Big Lebowski because it's uh, John Turturro is playing the same character, Jesus, that he he played for like three minutes (laughs) in the the Big Lebowski. Yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of the weirdest thing because, I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. Like the dude is not on screen for – (laughs) <laughs> very long at all right he's it's got true. he's got maybe like you know 
10 lines. I don't know. He's like, he, yeah. and, uh, and the only connection we have, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing, right? The only connection we have is that, uh, I mean, he's obviously he's in character, so he looks the same, whatever. And he's right. got the same name, but, uh, he bowls once and licks the ball and, yeah. it, and we hear a thing at the beginning where the warden uh, at the beginning, he's in jail and he's getting out. Right. And uh, the warden mentions the fact that he bowls. Right. But other yeah. than that, there's no connection uh, to anything in the big Lebowski. It's just, this happens to be the same guy, right? Like John, yeah. uh, this is, uh, <laughs> this is like the epitome of a like vanity project movie, right? Like John yeah. Turturro just wanted to do this guy again. And uh, he directs, he directs this one as well. Um, but it has so many people in it. It's weird. Uh, there are people, there are some cameos like, um, you know, people are in just for like a minute. Um, yeah. But, but it's got uh, Bobby Cannavale uh, yeah. is, uh, is, is like right hand man who picks him up. And uh, and basically the premise of the film, it's almost hard to say there is a premise for the film in uh, in some sense, because it's really just like he gets out of jail and we just kind of follow him at, to yeah. wh whatever crazy thing might happen. Right. He gets out of jail. They go uh, they go steal a car from John Hamm, who they know. <laughs> right. And and. Uh, and people like come and go. They're on like this road trip that is like a road trip to not going anywhere because they keep coming back to the same places. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's, uh, and it's just like that they have this wild adventure, right? And they, uh, they meet up with Susan Sarandon at one point yeah. who, uh, who then leads them to like after she's gone, they go pick up her kid from, uh, him from him getting out of jail right. and it's just it's like the weirdest it's like a stream of consciousness script right it's like yeah. just I don't know they, and then he does this and then it's like but there's no uh, there there's no like real theory of the plot right it's just yeah. that this is just what happened it's like it's like filming your real life for a day. It's like, what did you do today? <laughs> this is what happened. And yeah. we weirder stuff happens to them, but it's not, you know, it's hard to really connect that there's a serious plot anyway. Right. Um, so as far as like rating though, um, this was a, a very weird film for me because I really wanted to like it, uh, but it just didn't seem to actually be after anything except except to just be this weird vanity project because you know wouldn't this be like a fun thing to do like i feel like this movie uh, among all vanity projects right this movie is a lot more for the people in it than it is for me like they're all going this would be a fun thing to do i think so let's do it right um so in the end i gave this one a, a 6 um it wow it's it's it was fun in parts and it was kind of like i don't know it it felt more like listening in on someone's conversation than watching a movie right it's like yeah. they're they're having this conversation about characters and stuff and you get to be part of it but uh there were a lot of times i thought i might rate this like a three right? yeah. <laughs> like 
there were a lot of times watching this where I'm like, why am I watching this? And it just keeps happening. And, but in the end there were like fun parts and it was, uh, I don't know, in a way sort of similar to the experience of watching Sonic, right? <laughs> there was, there yeah. was nothing, nothing great about it, but there wasn't anything horrible about it. And, you know, it was, moderately entertaining the whole time i guess or whatever so um but i just i couldn't get it any higher than that because it didn't seem like it wanted me to right it wasn't it wasn't trying yeah. to it wasn't trying <laughs> to impress me and it worked yeah. <laughs> oh god that's, that's awful that's that's that's, 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 the definition of a, that's the definition of a backhanded compliment kids right there that's what you get um <sighs> I, I'm with you. I kind of like when I learned that Turturro was going to do this, I was kind of interested. I'm like, well, that might be that might be really interesting because in the world of the Cohen films, you know, the Cohen brothers make all these strange things and they have all these interesting eclectic characters. He is basically the Boba Fett of their world. You know, right, he's right. in this he's in this movie very briefly. He's in the Big Lebowski very briefly, but his star is so brightly shining because he's such a strange character and Turturro plays him with such like oozing machismo. Like his balls are so big, not even the bowling balls, but his testicles are just like enough to cover the world. He's that full of himself. And right. you look at that and you're like, Oh my God, that'd be great to see like better call Saul. I'd love to watch the Jesus like as a miniseries. Right. And in some way, what this felt like to me, it reminded me, though it's a very strange thing, it reminded me of when Hulu did uh, Cobra Kai a couple years ago. Like, I oh, kind of feel like... on YouTube? That was, that if, was the... Yeah. Like, if Jesus, if Jesus had done, like, a Hulu or, a, like, a YouTube series of, like, 11 short 20-minute, like, escapades, that would have been what this film might have ended up as. Right. For me, it's it's a mishmash of everything. I, I liked the very first 15 minutes so much that I thought I was about to sit down and see something reminiscent of watching like Moonrise Kingdom or some Wes Anderson film. Like it was just so strange and quirky. And it helps by starting off with Christopher Walken and this very weird, strange retconning of who the Jesus is supposed to be. Like in, in right. The Big Lebowski, he's not a good guy. He's not even remotely good. He's a pederast who's like just this villain, like in a weird right. way. <clears throat> and they find a way to kind of walk it back and make it accidental in this film. And then in the next scene, he's basically just like a car stealing, like threatening uh, pimp kind of guy. And I'm like, you guys can't make up your own mind one page to the next who Jesus is. And what you want him to be is like a contemporary Fonzie. Like he walks through right. every situation and he's just a, a magic and nobody can touch the Jesus. And if you remember what he's like in Le Big Lebowski, that is kind of who he is. But in this film, it absolutely exposes an incredible amount of sourness for me. I barely gave this a three. I, I felt like it tried so hard to be pretentious and something bigger. And I know everybody's comparing it, even Turturro is comparing it to this film that it's basically modeled after going places. And right. I, I remember that film enough. I didn't have to Wikipedia or anything. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I think there's an incredible ocean of opportunity to tell a story about Jesus, Quintana. And I think the deciding 
path that they chose to do this is both frustrating, disappointing. I will agree with you, at times it's terribly amusing. Like there are some fun, fun, fun things. And then it's peppered and bogged down by 10 or 15 minutes of stuff that is just bewildering, confusing, contradictory. And it never builds the momentum to do anything except kind of cash in on what you already know about the Jesus. He's a guy who likes to lick the ball before he throws a strike. And man, he's got cojones. And I, I knew that about him already. I think I would have already, I think if I would have seen a spinoff, I would have rather seen John Goodman's Walter or <laughs> right. Donnie. You know, the fact that the fact that Jesus is the guy that they chose, and I get why. I know it's not a sanctioned thing. Turturro bugged the Cohen's. They said, fine. I just think this is the absolute perfect example of a squandered opportunity. And it just spins its cycles because it just wants to be about who he has sex with and what crazy adventures he gets into. The Jesus is not Ferris Bueller and he's not Fonzie. He's absolutely so far removed from those. And this makes a very bad movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I, I, I can that's, see that. That's my shotgun. That's everything it wants for me. Like that's awful. <laughs> Yeah, I, so I I liked it more just because I could like let it go, you know, and yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and just be entertained. I think I would have liked this movie a lot better, despite whatever the theories are on uh, what John Turturro wanted to make. If yeah. Jesus, if Jesus had a plan, right, yeah. and and it went wrong, and it right. ran into all these things, or all yes. you know, then all this stuff happened. But he doesn't actually have a plan. It's just he's just going, and then right. st- stuff happens. Like if there were some, if there were something we were after, right? But yeah, but it's almost like the movie is trying to give you Jesus, and like this is what he's after. What he's after is to not be after <laughs> anything, right? Yeah, right. and I, and I'm like, but that, but then I don't know why I'm watching you. Like I said, there were. Uh, yeah there were plenty of times watching it where I was going to give it the same three you gave it because there are, there are times when it makes you pay too much attention to the fact that you're not sure why you're watching it. Right. (laughs) Like, like if there were a 10 minute scene where Jesus just goes to the laundromat and he's just sitting there waiting for his laundry to be done. (laughs) Right. Right. Would it would it be that different? Right. It's just whatever happens. So it doesn't, you know, and then it, uh, I feel like there, there was a better version of this somewhere, right? Like, (laughs) like there's many versions of this script, right? And the one where it was a lot more like when we circle back around to having John Ham's car, yeah, you know, you know, that part where then we just find this family and steal their car and go, Oh shit. It's like that car. Right. Right. I feel I feel like there's a version of the script where everything is a lot more like that. You know, like we're yeah. trying to we're trying to say something or do something with the stuff that's happening as opposed yeah. to just uh you know, I meet this guy because I ran into Susan Sarandon and she was his mom <laughs> and you know, I, it's like 6 degrees of how did I get here? <laughs> it's like yeah. and, but it's but there's not really a purpose behind it. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so exactly. uh, so yeah, that's one we're skipping. Um, all right, yeah. we should uh, we should probably get out of here. I don't know uh, what we will be doing in the future, frankly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because uh, 
I'm not sure what's going to hit in ways that uh, are worth covering or that yeah. we will uh, cover. But uh, coming up for next week and maybe the week after, it's it's kind of just going to be uh, what movies we can possibly get to. So I can't yeah, really right. nail down uh, for listeners. Here's what's coming. Um, but something will be coming. So right. Um, but uh, we're a little bit over time, and uh, so we've got one that is better than you think, and one yes. that you probably don't know and don't need to. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, and and find good TV. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we will uh, see you next week. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, goodbye. Yeah. Bye.